Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 27, 2021. I'm your host, Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi. The other host of this show is a longtime Red Wings fan and a kidney stone survivor. Let's welcome him in, Ethan Smith. Ethan, what's going on? How's it going, buddy? Not much. It's going. I went to Meyer today after work. Again with the low energy to lead off the show. Going to Meyer is sick. I haven't been able to do that in weeks. I would love well, to go to Meyer. Sorry, I didn't roll my ankle. Just, I'm just saying, don't take things for granted. Okay, I'm sorry. Because it sounds like you are. All right. I'd it, love it, to it have the busy. ability to walk. Busy. You had to wait in line. I'm sure. I had to stand uh, up two feet and wait in line, <laughs> then walk to my car. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. And, of course, if you're a fan of the show, please do us a favor Leave us a review, subscribe, tell somebody you know, somebody you love about the good joy of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Within just a few short hours of this recording, and by a few short hours, I mean 1.5 hours of this recording, uh, the Red Wings will have begun their series in Dallas with the Stars, the defending Western Conference Championship champions. Ethan has a beer league game tonight, so we're recording beforehand. And with that in mind, we're going to make some bold predictions for the series Lay out what we'd like to see on this two-game road trip. Update on some notes from around the org. Uh, dig into this Emily Kaplan feature on the Red Wings for a bit and answer the one burning question on everybody's minds. Are the Dallas Stars the most boring franchise in the NHL? Because I, I think they have a case. So we're going we're gonna to talk about it. And we'll start with those notes that I just mentioned uh, a second ago. The first one being that Darren Helm is still day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. Still not exactly sure what the deal is with that. Uh, a, I, I, so this is kind of like a random side question. How does the COVID protocol work in the NHL? Do you have to test positive or is it just like, if you come in contact with somebody who was a positive, like I'm with football and the other stuff, like it seemed very cut and dry. Like you test positive, you're done. But then here, you're just added to the COVID protocol. And the only reason I bring that up is because I'm worried that guys are just going to consistently be shuffling in and out of this COVID protocol because they made contact with somebody who possibly could have. I don't think you're wrong there. I think that's exactly how it goes down. Cause I mean like the Cleveland's entire wide receiver core was out because they were all in close contact with somebody. So I think they're, I think the NHL is following the exact same thing. The NFL is as they should. I thought the NFL was only they were like whenever somebody was missing, they were reporting it as tested positive in the NFL. Um, but they just said he in the NHL they just say he's in the COVID protocol. Like I, I guess I, I just maybe I should just look up what that means. But I don't think they've defined it. I think it's just kind of this vague catch-all term for any COVID-related. Yeah. Anything. Maybe if you have the sniffles and you can't, if you can't smell anything, I think you have to go on the list. That would make sense. Uh, Tar Hirose and Giovanni Smith, both in the lineup for Detroit tonight. And Blash has a blender going again. We've got Nielsen, Filpula, and Glenn Denning 
on that potent third line. Uh, that's that's just interesting. I would much rather see Taro Hirose and or Giovanni Smith get those third line minutes. Uh, obviously, the lines don't always have the biggest effect on ice time. We've seen that even a few times this season already, uh, but just not great optics. When you put out your lineup sheet before a game against the defending Western Conference champions and you have a third line of Franz Nielsen, Valtteri Vopila, and Luke Glendening, just it's I'm not excited. I think it'd be, it'd be it'd be better if they went about it and put them on like the first line. Yeah. Just let, just let Twitter melt down. Yeah. And they play like eight to 12, 10 minutes. I think that'd be fun. Really, I agree. Plus it kind of throws a cog into the wheel of Dallas is like, well, wait, they, they can't really do that. They wouldn't do that. Right. You don't know. This is a pretty good draft. Yeah. That's if I was the coach, elite level high games coach, by Blash. Yeah, I'd be I'd be Scotty Bowman 2.0 if I was head coach. <laughs> uh, nobody added or removed from the COVID protocol for the Red Wings, so that I suppose is good news. Uh, still, just Fabry, Zadina, Ernie, Gagne, and Merrill. So we'll keep an eye on that. Let you know when any of those guys come off. Hopefully, they don't add anybody because I'm pretty sure if I if the chart I saw was correct. Uh, the Red Wings had a little bit more trouble handling COVID to start the season than some of the other teams around the league, but you know, it's probably, it'll probably be one of those things that like it, it comes for everybody at a different time. And there are going to be times where the Red Wings have nobody in there. It's going to be times when they have a bunch of people in there. So you're just going to kind of have to roll with it. That What's being said with this new, uh, the new strain that's coming out. Yeah. Right. Are they all vaccinated? What's going on? What's the deal? <laughs> What's the deal with coronavirus? It turns out there's another one. <laughs> How many coronaviruses are there? Like, I kind of Jerry Seinfeld's voice just continues to get higher and higher. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what do you want to see from the Red Wings in Dallas? Obviously, since we can't recap the game for today's show, we're just going to kind of do a little uh, wishful thinking a little bold predictions and then we'll come back and you can see if we end up being right on tomorrow's episode and then we'll cover it all a little bit more extensively on Thursday uh, to kind of wrap that up and then give you a preview of game two as well. But for me, uh, the one thing that I want to see from the Red Wings in Dallas, and I think the only way that they have a chance to salvage a single game in the series is to not get completely dummied on special teams uh, stars enter the series eight for 12 on the power play, which uh, is an NHL record in some way, shape or form. Uh, and if the Red Wings, they, they struggled with the power play of the Blackhawks and it really, really bit them on Friday night. And then it was kind of a catalyst for the destruction that happened on Sunday too. So if you can't stop those guys, I have a hard time imagining that you're going to be able to stop Dallas's power play as hot as it has started the season and that does not bode well for wins and losses here thinking as an eternal optimist you have to say eight for 12 is pretty uh you really can't keep that up yeah but they've only done it for two games so like it's very reasonable they could do it a third time because so so dallas in case you have not been keeping up dallas started the season in the COVID protocol, the entire team. Uh, so they haven't, they, they started, I think a week later than everybody else. And so they've only played two games. And in those two games, they have absolutely destroyed the Nashville predators. I think they won an opening night, seven to nothing. Uh, 
with the with that unbelievable power play stat to boot. So um, yeah. Are then the other thing we're not going to win. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if they give up eight power play goals over the next three days, then they probably won't. Side note: Are you surprised Dells is still looking like a, a Stanley Cup contender? Yes. I was harsh on Dallas over the offseason. Even after they made their run, I was like, whatever. That was not. Uh, Their offense know. got hot for the first time in three years. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Like they wrote, a, they wrote a goalie to the, to the Stanley Cup final. Like that. I understand that they were a pretty solid team last season during the regular season. But at the end of the day, like I was, I was very surprised to see them keep rolling. And it was through the magic of Anton Hudobin, really to me that all of that was carried out. And so I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that they were the best team in the Western conference last year. We'll put it that way, but that's also not what the Stanley cup playoffs are about. Like good for them. Bless their hearts for that run. Uh, unfortunately they came a bit short, but I, I think just from a long-term perspective, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah. And everybody wanted to see Tampa win anyway. So, yeah. Um, what do you got for your, your first thing you want to see? from the Red Wings in Dallas? Mine's, it's, I guess it's a bit broad, but just, just, just fucking prove it. You know, like prove that last weekend. We're going to have to get out the bleep meter. That That's passion right there. All right, hey, baby. Um, just like prove that last weekend won't be the norm for this season because I, it can't be. I don't want to go. <laughs> I can't. Like not again. And really, I think the other prove it is just prove it that the goaltender, our goaltender, whoever it may be, doesn't need to make 35 plus stops a game in order for us to be in the game. Yeah. Like give us some, give us some help, please. Or give the goaltender some help. Not me. I'm not on the team. Yeah. And kind of in with that is, is one of my uh, takeaways as well. And that's just bring some momentum back to Detroit we have talked about how the schedule this season is going to impact winning streaks, losing streaks, just how heavy those things feel maybe in comparison to uh, a regular year. And the Red Wings right now are in the midst of a stretch where they're playing eight of 10 games on the road. They'll play these two games versus Dallas. They'll come home to play Florida. And then it's right back out there for another four game road swing. Uh, and so to that point, I think just what we've seen with the streakiness of the entire league, because there has been a lot of like streakiness. Like I mentioned yesterday, like Philly's gotten beat six to one twice. Like other teams have been getting blown out in really inconceivable ways. The Vancouver Canucks have gotten off to a tough start. You know, like I just think things really do have a chance to spiral out of control when you're not doing well, you're on the road, you're in isolation all that other stuff. You can't get your taxi. It's like a whole thing to get your taxi squad players like reacclimated with everything. It's just so unnormal. Uh, and right now the Red Wings are going through an extra normal stretch with those five guys on COVID protocol. And I just think that you need to just th- settle it down for a second. Let's let's yeah. come back to Detroit with some positive signs. I got it. I love, I like that. That's a good one. Uh, and then to kind of build on that as well. Anthony Mantha's will to play that that also falls in line with the prove it. Uh, But he made some comments yesterday that we're going to get to on the other side of this break. But first, I got to talk to you guys real quick today about Bill Park. 
Built Bar is the most delicious tasting protein bar ever. Not just on the market today, not just, you know, in the last 10, 15 years. I'm talking in the history of the world. There is only one protein bar that has a claim to fame of being the most delicious out there. And it's Built Bar, baby. They've got 18 amazing flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. All of them are soft and easy to chew. It's basically like dessert, but good for you. And that to me is right up my alley. I, I've been dreaming my entire life for a dessert that is also good for me. Yesterday, after I finished up my dinner, I was like, man, I'm still pretty hungry, but I don't want to you know, go for the chips or, or anything like that because I'll just continue to pile on bad stuff but I just had this one little built bar. I had the, uh, the mint brownie. It was absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it was so, so good. It filled me up for the rest of the night and I didn't need to eat again. And right now when you need, when you go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order. And then you'll never have to eat anything again, except for built bars. Uh, that's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. is the best fucking power play the Detroit Red Wings have had in four games. All right, back for segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're finishing up the things that we want to see from the Red Wings uh, in their two-game series with Dallas. And my last one was just a little bit of fight from Anthony Mantha. Uh, he got benched for the final 19 minutes of Sunday's game in Chicago after just a couple effortless boneheaded plays, you know, goals he could have prevented, whatever it may be. Uh, he has not looked good all season. And as a matter of fact, he ends up coming out yesterday and agrees with that. Actually, he says the only game that he's felt good about as far as a personal performance has gone has been the three, two win over Columbus. And besides that, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, imagine an Anthony Mantha heel turn where he's like, I mean, I feel like I've been playing good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what everybody else is talking about. Um, I had an argument with Blash earlier today, and uh, I just want to come out and vehemently say I'm against everything that he says. I'm playing like <laughs> I've been playing uh, my artist out here. It's really hard to come back from 10 months off. You guys don't even know. You guys aren't professionals. <laughs> Which is true. Like, I, And at the end of the day, like, there's a very real possibility that in a week or two, Anthony Mantha starts playing like Anthony Mantha. And... Yeah everything's good for the rest of the year. And that's actually kind of what he said. Cause he talked to Blasio before Monday's practice in Dallas. He said, quote, he wants to see the Anthony that was playing last year at the start of the season. And I want to see that guy come back ASAP. Mantha said, by the way, these quotes are from our friend, Ted Coffin at the Detroit news. Go give him a, go give him a read. Hey. Uh, it was just to be a little more physical, stopping on pucks and winning those one-on-one -on -one battles. And like we said, skating during the game, that's, uh -oh. that's, that's the big, that's hey, a real quote. listen, you know what? Baby steps. We're going to start here. Let's start with just skating during the game. Skating during the game. It's big. That's a big part of the game. That's you gotta, you gotta skate in hockey. Uh, and then he just said, I, I just have to get my game going and do what I do best. He has, uh, he's a minus five, which, you know, plus minus you, you make of that, what you will, uh, with one goal and works. two assists through six games, still a half point per game player. I mean, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that'll wrap up the things that we, I want to see from the Red Wings and Dallas. As far as bold predictions go, though, I, I have another one about Anthony Mantha. I think he comes back to Detroit uh, for this weekend series with Florida in the good graces of the Red Wings fan base. And I also feel that way about Vladislav Nemesnikov. Uh, 
Mantha, it's clear he sees it. It's it's he's starting to be asked about it. You wonder if that's going to start pushing him uh, just a little bit as that pressure starts to build. Uh, and, and I I would just be surprised to see him have as bad of a series in Dallas as he had in Chicago. It feels un, unfeasible to, to some degree. What's up with Nemestikov? He just hasn't been able to finish. And, and I don't mean like in the good graces as in like fans have turned on him, but I think at least myself included, I'm sitting here and I'm like, yeah, he's great. Like he's helping generate chances. He's much better on that third line than, you know, just an advocate or whoever hell yes you want to throw on there. But uh, I would like to see him finish. Like he has had, he, he hasn't even really come invisible. close. Yeah. Besides you know? a couple of chances, he's been pretty invisible. Yeah. And uh, so that, that's something that I, I, I think hopefully gets turned around. Nemestikov's probably going to get a little bit more uh, minutes just with all the line juggling going around. Although I'm pretty sure he might actually be on the fourth line uh, for tonight's uh, game, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. The hypothetical fourth line. Yeah. The hypothetical fourth line. And I, and I just think if he's playing with Hiroshi or, or Smith or whatever, like I would like to see him play with Hiroshi. Sorry, I'm going to actually skip your first bull prediction because that's my second one, is that Tar Hiroshi will have a very productive uh, series in Dallas. I like Tar Hiroshi a lot. I think when he's been up with the Red Wings, uh, he's been impressive given what the expectations were. And he's somebody that I saw a lot in college uh, playing with Michigan State. He played on this line, the, the KHL line. It was uh, Mitch Lewandowski, um, Patrick Kodorenko. I don't know what those two are up to these days. Uh, and then Taro Hirose, and they led the NCAA in scoring like two straight years. I'm pretty sure Taro Hirose led the NCAA in scoring for a year or two at the end of his Michigan State career. So he's somebody who has the skills, has the ability, and I think as far as a role player goes, he's kind of the ideal mold. Like if he could be, if he continues to develop and he's a fourth liner on a contending team, I think that's awesome. Um a defenseman scores. How about that? I like that a lot. Life is crazy. It's going to be Mark Stahl, and it's going to be a blast from the point, and everybody's going to, and he's going to get back in the good graces of these Detroit Red Wings fans. Wouldn't that be awesome? No, it would be awesome. I would love for a defenseman to score. Or do you, do you mean Mark Stahl specifically? The defenseman to score, but also Mark Stahl specifically. No, yeah, both. Yeah, either or. I mean, I'm good with anything. I think that is a major point of frustration that I have is that like the defensemen aren't scoring, then they're not setting up their teammates for goals. So I agree. I think that'd be absolutely yeah. huge. Yeah. I don't know how uh, we're just talking transitions and puck play in, in the offensive zone, but it, like even going, even last year and this year, it's like the, uh, the defensemen are not, they're there but they're not in on the play. Yeah. And it, it, it annoys me. And, I hate watching. and even when they're like ready to receive a pass or something along those lines, like they're still not, um, they're still not going to make a play with the right. puck. They're, they're like, they're basically a backboard for yeah. a forward who's stuck on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. A cycling down low, cycle down low, cycle down low. Oh, okay. Now we're trapped. Okay. Back up to the point point to point back down low cycle 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 and it's not it's not always like a, a pass down low either it's like the pass goes across from d to d yeah and then the Rimming, other d is just like let's see what happens yeah 50 50 ball it's like yeah. me playing madden yeah 
like and plus the amount of times too where you're not like you're not seeing a defenseman move to try to find open lane either for a pass or a shot and it's just like skate somebody do something jesus christ <laughs> uh all right well somebody did do something and by do something i mean wrote a nice story about the detroit red wings and that is emily kaplan really? from espn uh, and we'll get to that in just a second, as well as debate whether the Dallas Stars are the most boring franchise in the history of the NHL. Uh, first, I got to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. I tell you what, folks, you want to make some money this week, go to betonline.ag and bet the Stars to beat the Red Wings. I'm on the power play. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, folks, you want to make some money this week, do yourself a favor, head on over to betonline.ag and sprinkle a little bit of money on the over in these Red Wings and Stars games. It'll be nice to have that consolation when the Stars are just piling up goals, stacking them on top of each other to know that you're also putting a little bit of money in your pocket. And with the Super Bowl coming up in less than two weeks, March Madness is on the horizon. We're creeping towards it. Uh, The NHL, the NBA are in full swing there's never been a better time to get in on the action and you can do that at betonline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. And it is betonline.ag. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. And don't forget to use that promo code lockdown to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline, your online sports book experts. Let's go to play in this period. And before we jump into segment three here i just gotta let you guys know that since 2020 is mercifully over it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins if you're betting this year and you want more wins listen to lockdown bets with your boy q and lee sterling of paramount sports they are picking college basketball football and nba locks all winter long subscribe to lockdown bets wherever you get your podcasts all right kicking it into segment three here uh our friend from espn emily kaplan wrote a pretty nice story about the Detroit Red Wings and if they are ready to finally start turning the corner. My big takeaway from this article has nothing to do with the actual article in itself and is instead something that she plainly uh, laid out there in in the midst of a whole bunch of other details. But she said how she talked with Gabriel Landeskog from the Colorado Avalanche uh, and they were kind of you know, looking back on the year that they had when they finished with like 48 points uh, and then got the number four pick in the lottery and all those types of things. And they haven't missed the playoffs since. I'm not saying that that's going to happen to the Red Wings. I'm not saying that they're even the same situation, but it was a nice reminder of how quickly things can turn when you have the right decision makers in place. My my biggest takeaway, I'm shocked you didn't say that um, Larkin wants personally, a personal goal for him is that he wanted to be up for, for the Selkie this year. Well, yeah, that was another one. But it was like, was, it was something that, was, that got that me. Was, that was, I read that like five times. I think I, I think I might've read something that was going around about that already. I can't remember who wrote it, but I think I already no, knew that. I don't read. Um, But yeah, I mean, that is really nice. And it is, you know, what's funny. We're, I was watching something about Steve Eiserman. I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe it was just an interview. Uh, maybe it was another podcast, whatever. I can't remember. But Steve Eiserman was like the most dominant, you know, a, a dominant scorer in the league for a long, long time. And then Scotty Bowman came in and was like, no, nah, you play defense now. 
And then Steve Eisman just decided to become the best defensive forward in a game of hockey. It's what captains do, baby. It's yeah. Do. And we're lo- and we keep identifying the parallels between these two folks. And I mean, there's just way too many right now. I'm so happy. I love it. Cool. Give me another CBY. Number 71 is going to be up in the rafters one day. Um, I, I think the, the reason numbers ever. I think the reason why I didn't take too much away from this is because a lot of the quotes in there were quotes we've already heard before. Uh, yeah. She just kind of repackaged them. But something we didn't, or I, at least I hadn't seen before, uh, she goes, Larkin was on a text chain with his two line mates, Anthony Mantha and Tyler Bertuzzi. Quote, it was like another great player, another great player, Larkin says. And then Ty texted, are the Red Wings a wagon now? I love that. I also am, I would love to be a fly on the wall in the um, group chat of those three <laughs> this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or even last offseason. Can you imagine? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I even say like during the season last year would be probably when it's the most interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do? Do you have any, any other takeaways from this before we move into uh, no. our stars? All right. So I have a theory. It's not really a theory. I just, I was trying to think back in like the, the big moments of Red Wings and stars rivalries. And the off the top of my head, for as long as those two battled it out in the Western conference, like in the two thousands and nineties and stuff like that, like there's not really a lot of, great rivalry moments and i'm pretty sure the red wings beat them on their way to two cups in the conference final but there's still like not a lot of great moments with that so i'm i was thinking back and i was like well who are some of the guys on that team and like the the legendary player you know the the franchise players on dallas back in that 2008 series it was like mike madonna like that was the most attention mm-hmm grabbing player and i'm not trying to poop on mike Sergei zubov are you kidding me well yeah zubov uh exactly that's what i'm saying micro micro barrow did i just say that name no but yeah that's another guy <laughs> um let's and, and Moro. yeah I, um yeah like as far as superstars go like mike madonna was kind of as boring as they come and what? i mean i don't know i don't know i've just always what? felt that way about him Am I crazy for thinking this? Yeah. I was young, like when he was a star. So I don't, I I don't really, but like, when I think of Mike Madonna, I think of Mike, I think of Red Wings, Mike Madonna. Yeah. Yeah, The worst Mike Madonna there ever was in the league. Like even when they played him, uh, but like even when they matched up against him in like 2008, like, it's not like I was like, Oh, Mike Madonna, watch out for Mike Madonna. All right. Well, I mean, you're just like, like, you're just like, I hate, Stefan Robida, you know why? Yuri Lennon? Are you kidding me? Joe Newendike. Look at look at their franchise greatest players, and they have Nathan a cup. Langenbrunner. Are Rick you kidding me? Boring. Steve Bell for pretty cool. Uh, Marty Turco, Jason pretty cool. Arnett. Jason Arnett, as boring as they come. He Joe Newendike, as boring as they come. Yuri Lennon, as boring as they come. And I'm only saying that because they just don't hold any. And when when I say boring, it's not a proof of point. Nicholas Hagman, are you kidding me, bro? I cannot tell you a single Yari Lettinen moment in his NHL career. As a matter of fact, if you played one of those games with me right now, that was like NHL player or you know Swedish chef or European chef, 
and Yari Lettinen was in there, I would have a hard time distinguishing. Wow. Uh, but he was a plus 176 in his 14-year career with the That is pretty, that is pretty impressive, is it not? Yeah. I just think, like, Brett Hall, he was he was really fun and awesome, but he's like, he belongs to... They won a Stanley Cup, you know. Yeah, but he's not they going to the Hall of Fame good. with a Stars jersey on. You know what I'm saying? Of course not. He's not going to the Hall of Fame in a Red Wings jersey either. Of course. But nobody thinks of... But, like, the, when he played on the Red Wings, there were countless other legacy NHL players on that team. So you don't really, I mean, you don't really think of him like that. Like Brett Hall, I was like, he's the one man who can save the boringness of this franchise. And I think at the end of the day, it just breaks down to them not having anybody or anything or any significant moment in history besides the Alice Hemsky goal that really makes it move in any way. What's your favorite, what's your, what's your favorite Dallas stars related call or goal? I don't remember any. Not even, not even against him. Well, I guess it was the. I mean, they even won a Stanley Cup, and it was you know Brett Hall's foot was in the crease, so it shouldn't have been counted. Exactly. Wow. Is do you think Mike McDonald is even a Hall of Fame player? Are you serious? I mean, he only he didn't even get five hundred goals. He didn't even get six hundred and fifty assists. I think he's the he highest scoring American player of all time. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Kane is going to crush that. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Right now, Mike oh. Madonna is still number one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. uh, that's me going off memory. But so you don't you don't think that he's you don't think he's Hall of Fame worthy? No, I do think he's Hall of Fame worthy. I think if you are the greatest yeah. goal scorer in a country's history, and that country is the uh, country that 26 or 25 or however many. NHL teams reside in, I think that gets you into the Hall of Fame. So you're telling me that he got in just by being the most boring player ever? Correct. And uh, all right, so I just Googled. All right, we got John Butchagross's top 20 American born players ever. Okay. Uh, Mike Mondano's number three behind Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane. That's pretty cool. So. There you have it. Mike Madonna. Boring as hell, just like the Dallas Stars always have been and always will be. You got anything else to wrap this up? Go Red Wings. We'll be back here tomorrow to recap the game. Apologies yeah. for not being Wish able to do that for you today. League. Good luck in your beer league game today, Ethan. Thank you. Uh, I know we're all very Thank excited you. to hear how Dude, that went. A live barn at 815. What, what's the rink? Suburban? I know you've told me this before. Yeah, it's like suburbanized Rochester now or some shit. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, we'll all be sure to do that. And you'll all be sure to press that subscribe button so that when our episode posts on Thursday morning, you will uh, have it downloaded and ready for your morning commute. We'll see you back then. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.